Hello and welcome to the Spooky Chris podcast. I am Spooky Chris. My name is Chris Ringler. I am an author, blogger, reviewer, filmmaker, and general ne'er-do-well. Hello and welcome to Valentine's Day. This is not a Valentine's episode, unfortunately. <laughs> I I guess it's, it's, it's my version of one. Uh, I thought I would do... Uh, a podcast about kind of my love for found footage films, which I have talked about at length in blogs and in reviews, because especially of late, um, I find myself watching a lot of uh, found footage films, much to my chagrin, um, <laughs> as as told by the one I watched today, which was I knew going in was going to be terrible. I had watched the trailer for it, and... It looked bad, and I was like, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to waste my time. Well, I decided instead to hate watch it, and I did. I'm going to actually throw a review up so I won't uh, go on and on about it. Um, but yeah, it was it, it's a, a prime example of what's wrong with, with found footage as a subgenre, and it's, it's, it, it, that's one of the things that fascinates me about, about the, the, the subgenre, because it is, you know, it's a... It's, you know, one of the many uh, offshoots of the big tree of horror. Um, you know, and, and it, like all of them, there was, there was a fad. Uh, so there was, there was a kind of literal glut of found footage films for a while, and now you'll, you'll still get them uh, for reasons I'll kind of go into. But, uh, but you don't get them as often um, as you did, you know, say 15 20 years ago uh you know but it's it's like every other fad um all these things are are fad-ish so you get you know vampires movies are are fad-ish and and you know anytime there is a uh a property that hits that really um kind of does well usually in, in a surprising fashion um like alien movies and, and that kind of thing. Uh, all of these other scripts that are floating out there or filmmakers out there will immediately go, what do we have like that? We need movie like ABC. And so you see a ton of properties like that. You see it a lot in movies in general um, when, you know, like if there's a musical that does well, then all of a sudden you're going to see a ton of musical musicals pop up and, and you know thinking on it a lot of it is is are, are scripts that are already out there or properties or ideas um, that are out there and just haven't been picked up or haven't been taken as seriously at the time as they are in reconsideration um, because there's uh, you know a perceived market for it uh, gosh who knows how many you know dozens of superhero-ish movies and comic... I mean, you're seeing kind of uh, uh, lesser-known comic companies uh, trying to get their their own cinematic universes out there um, because of, of what Marvel has done and, and in, in a lesser degree what DC has done um, and has shown that there is still an, a, an interest in it. Um, so, you know... to. It, like all, again, like all fads and all subgenres, people get tired of it and you, you kind of get sick of seeing, quote-unquote, the same thing over and over again. Um, 
and it makes sense. It, you know, we we like familiarity and we like things that are kind of similar to other things and this and that. But we also do like things that are different um, and we don't want to see the same thing over and over again. So when it comes for me, um, I've, you know, I, I fell in love with the subgenre because it, it really kind of, it's, it's, in its own way, it's always been, it's kind of always been around. Um, you've, you've had these epistolary, these, <laughs> these kind of, uh, narratives that are quote-unquote found-ish, kind of diary style, um, as far back as, as Dracula. Um, you know, this idea of your finding um, the journal or something, something some, someone has left behind. Um, Lovecraft's uh, work is, it, it kind of feels like that, where it's very much someone kind of confessing the horrors that they've seen um, and explaining that there was no way they can explain them uh, you know, telling you that, that, that it's un unexplainable because I can barely um, perceive what I experienced. Uh, so these kind of stories have been around for forever. It, when you really, really go back, and that's this is kind of why I love this style so much, is that they take their power from from the the campfire stories that we told as kids, and that you know uh, has been around for forever. You know, the, the notion of the heart of storytelling, of, of, of relaying um, incidents that happened, uh, you know, in, in the stories of other people. Like, I heard that once in these woods, there was a man who lived with his family. You know, these kind of things. And, you know, we tell these still to every, you know, to, to one another and to our friends. And, and you know, we, we still do that um, when you say, gosh, you know what? I heard that house down the street, somebody's killed there. Yep totally heard about it yeah yeah no a friend of a friend heard about it like that's that kind of uh, storytelling it's it's the idea of it, it's a kind of a found narrative in, in that it's not always our narrative um, many of the found footage films it is I mean that's what makes it and that's what kind of is a frustrating kind of a thing for me is that the whole point is that it's quote unquote found um, you get a lot of there's offshoots too where they're they're Mock, they call them mockumentaries, and it's, you know, the films. And that's, I kind of really like those. But I they get lumped into found footage, and it's not fair, but it's also not fair to call them mockumentaries because that implies that it's mocking something, and it's not. It's using a faux documentary style. Uh, the film, oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, heavens to Betsy. I was, I was going to make a list of movies, and I can't think of this one now. Um, uh, there is a, again, quote-unquote found footage. Movie came out in a few years, few years ago, um, uh, Lake Mungo. And that is more along the, and I'm going to use a lot of air quotes, uh, the quote-unquote mockumentary. It's, it's along those lines more in that it is per, portrayed as if it is a kind of a document, um, a documentary. It, it's not someone found this footage it is someone made this footage and it is it is being portrayed as if it was a documentary they're not mocking i mean if you've seen lake mungo they are not mocking anything it is a very melancholic film and there's not anything mocking you know being mocked in it so calling it a mockumentary feels a little disingenuous and it doesn't feel fair 
But I get the idea in that it is not a documentary. So it's a quote-unquote mock, you mentioned like a mock tale. It is not, you know, it's not a real documentary. It is, it is portraying itself as a documentary. So I think that's, you know, that's what that means. It's just weird because it's it also, they throw that on, you know, stuff like This is Spinal Tap, which is a mockumentary in more, you know, in more ways than one because it's it's mocking the the kind of rock star lifestyle in that sort of rock star kind of like expose journalism and everything. But yeah, you it, it's that style of story has been around you know forever ish. You go back to the film Peeping Tom from the '60s, and that is uh, done POV style, um, where it is a a man who films himself murdering uh, women. And that is, there's a I can't remember if the whole thing, it's not the whole thing, it can't be, but like much of it is POV style. Um, gosh, even the remake of Maniac has that kind of an aspect because it's first person. You don't really get a lot of first person movies um, that are not, quote unquote, you know, uh, found footage. It's you know just not kind of how they do them generally. It's kind of, it's kind of like telling stories in the second person where it's you you go to the store you buy milk, that kind of a thing. They don't. It's not a common practice because it's just, it's a little more challenging. And a first person movie, it's just you know there are not a lot of them, to say the least. Especially again, in this modern age, that are not uh, kind of in the found footage realm. But that kind of is is a cousin to these kind of films, um, as a million people have said uh, a, a thousand times. Uh, Cannibal Holocaust is a progenitor to all of the, to Blair Witch and all of the, those kind of films. It's the idea of you know for those who haven't seen it, because um, it's you know it, I, it's a funny mo- movie because I I love it and hate it at the same time, which I think is fair. Uh, it is. A bunch of people go into the jungles trying to find cannibals, the kind of stereotypical cannibals that we all, when we think of cannibals, those kind of folks that are tribes and they eat their their enemies and this and that. Uh, and they went there. They went, you know, to go document them, and they disappeared. And the film is basically all of like the search for them, and in not finding them, they find the their camera equipment and just kind of some other kind of things that they left behind. And then we see what happened to them uh, through their film, through their, their things that they've filmed. And it's, it's a fascinating movie. And one of the reasons it's, 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 I really like it. And why it kind of has some (laughs) power, some power is that it is so, it condemns the people themselves it's, it's really interesting because they basically went in the jungle and they were looking for cannibals they were looking for these these you know this tribe of cannibals and they find this tribe that's very peaceful and very just kind of not they don't do that anymore they just you know so these people manufacture can cannibals and kind of like do these things to make it look as if they are and in so doing make them into the monsters that they believed they they were really really and again, it's it's a brutal movie. It's the the, you know, and again for anyone who may not know, um, it's notorious like a lot of those. Unfortunately, it's notorious for, um, for uh, 
oh for for animal brutality um and which the the good thing is the dvd slash blu-ray slash whatever lets you bypass that but doesn't make it not exist so it's you know it's definitely one that's worthy of a lot of discussion for a lot of reasons but that is kind of a you know and and when Blair Witch came out, you had a lot of the, the kind of the haters come out and they're like, well, that's just ripping off Cannibal Holocaust. And there's another movie at the time. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, and I do forget the name of this one. I, I saw it at the time, and I was... It, it was funny because it's one of those movies, and again, like you get this in Hollywood, that movies that are similar in a lot of ways that will make it through production about the same time and come out near to the same time. Um, and it was about the Jersey devil and it was very similar ish, um, to Blair, Witch. but I mean, I'm, I'm be real honest. I didn't like it and it didn't have the same power. didn't have the same effect. Um, they blew all the goodwill that they, and I wish I could remember the darn name of it. Um, they blew all the goodwill they build in the film because it's, it's really interesting until the, the the climax and the final act and then you kind of finally find out what's what and you're like oh oh well, that's what you're doing well okay it's a, that's a, a choice and I know there are people that love it and, and again like there's folks that still insist that Blair Witch ripped it off and uh, even if they the folks behind Blair Witch were inspired by it uh, what they did um, is not the same thing and I mean gosh I don't, I don't even know how necessarily ethical what they did was when you kind of see how they filmed it, like sending these these folks into the woods, um, and just kind of pointing them in a direction, and then you know with with like you know hey here's some some cues and this and that, and we're gonna leave you supplies, and then horrifying them at times without them really knowing like it's there's you know it's it, there's a lot of that that is it's very kind of gray area like. Not necessarily how you want to treat your cast, but it, it worked. Um, and again, so getting back to it, Blair Witch is, is what made me fall in love with these kind of films. I saw the saw Blair Witch, the and I, I, a story I've told a million times on this podcast. You know, I can't remember um, if I've you know talked about uh, found footage uh, on on one of these podcasts or not. I, I my memory is just terrible. What can I say? Um, but I've talked about it in our other, you know, the podcast, uh, some friends and I have called, uh, the Ghoulcast. But, uh, I saw a week before it went national, um, I had been following it in the, uh, the nerd, you know, geek, the geek, movie geek blogs, um, since, you know, Sundance when there was a big to do about it. So for months and months and months, cause it didn't come out until the summer. And I went with a bunch of friends, and like I say, it was the week before it went national. We saw a midnight screening. I had to be up at 5 or 6 the next morning to, to leave to go on a vacation to Florida. And we saw it with a packed house, and it was dead silence through the whole movie. And it was a movie that just you want to talk about afterwards. Uh, I saw it again the week afterward on a date, um, and we watched the afterwards. Uh, we watched the the uh fake uh docu- the fake documentary sci-fi channel had put out that was kind of about the whole Blair Witch thing you know it, it, treating it as if like no these people really did disappear and this happened and it was great and it was there's so much to what made that special 
um, Blair Witch, and that's why it's one of my favorite movies. And there's so much, um, you know, there's the movie itself, and then there is the, the like, like it seems that's a movie that you could almost teach a class on because there was so much to it because there was, again, there was the movie, there was a website that supported it that was pictures, and it was kind of like journal entries and uh, found items, like all of the supporting stuff that just kind of got you even more, you know, deeply into that story and that legend. And then there were, you know, there was, I think they made, they made three total between Blair Witch and Blair Witch 2. They made three total fake documentaries about the Blair Witch and the Burkittsville 7, which those are the, the kids that were killed in the context of the history. And then there was one about um, what really happened with the Blair Witch 2 story um, with those people and uh, you know just really interesting stuff and they put so much work into building this mythology and that's why you know one, one of the many reasons because again it goes back to the campfire tales thing for me I love found footage films that style of film because it captures kind of the one the uh, the the storytelling of sitting around a campfire where you fill in so much with your imagination and and you you kind of you're forced into it you are forced into the movie with the people whether you like it or not uh, because it is is through a camera it's first person you are there um, and there's that immediacy is so, can be so powerful and so claustrophobic um, which you see in, in the Blair Witch and you know the Blair Witch Project and even the, the sequel, The Blair Witch, because there are moments where it's like you are trapped with them and stuff is hitting the fan and there's nothing you can do, and it's great. Um, that's how powerful those movies can be. Uh, I, I love it. Um, you know, the idea of the, the kind of myth-making is great. Um... One of the neat things about the subgenre is that, and I think it, it stinks because much like everything else, people are very much black or white. Like, I hate superhero movies. Well, there's lots of, I mean, wh which ones do you hate? Like, there's, there's, there's a whole wide range. James Gunn made the movie Super, which is a very dark uh, comedy about a quote-unquote superhero. And it's not at all like regular superhero movies. Well, I hate it. Why? It's about superhero. You know, there's all kinds of... That's the, the cool thing about superhero stuff is that, much like, again, found footage, you can kind of tell whatever story you want. Um, you're just using the structure of superheroes. Found footage uses the structure of a either a faux documentary, which are my preference, or uh, someone creating a, um, a record, we'll say, of, of something that is happening. I love both styles, uh, and there's great examples of both styles. It's just things get a little more tenuous with the uh, personal documentation. Uh, because, you know, and, and you start getting into the weeds on that, because, and that's where we go back to the, I think the faux documentaries work a little better for me, because I like the idea, and it seems more plausible, the idea that, like, we found we found these documents, the, this footage, this whatever. We have gone through it. <clears throat> we are presenting it to you. Whatever that means. Uh, and it's plausible, again, because so, so much, especially now, because we are in a, 
a time where it's not even a matter of we deserve to know as much as people are just trying to create content. So, so much is starting to come out. Um, and so much is released. It's, it's, it's to fill voids. Like we, we have this perceived void. Um, it's like the silence between words when you're speaking with someone where you, and I have this, God, you know, God knows I do, where you feel the need to keep speaking um, because you want to fill that silence because it just drives you crazy because there's too much. It's too, it's too wide and too long and too deep. And you're like, what? I can't let this silence last. So we feel like that there's always this need to have content. My, my wife worked as a journalist for many years and the place she worked, the, the way they had their, their website and, you know, in, in turn, kind of their Twitter feed and everything else, it was considered and called a river. Like, that style is, is it's a river. And you're always trying to keep the river full of things, uh, news. So news items were, like, just push, 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 pushed. Like, you had to get, like, you there as a story, get it, write it, publish it. Uh, the days of, okay, there's the news story, let's look into it, let's do some interviews, let's do some investigation. It's just like doing a, a bigger piece is not there. I'm sure, you know, for some papers it is, for some outlets it is. Uh, in this case, it was not. It was just a matter of you're filling the river. And if they wanted, they could just circle back and kind of do, as it were, sequels, you know, follow-up stories, you know, for the, for the stories that were really hitting and were really kind of making an impact. So... Uh, we're at a point where everything, you know, you know, to varying degrees. That's why you're seeing so much, so many movies getting made, and so much, like stuff. That's why, you know, in ways, I see why there's still so many found footage movies coming out. Uh, because really, when you think about it, you know, with the democratization of kind of filmmaking, um, I mean, you can make movies literally on your phone, and some phones have editing software, and even like pre-programmed music cues that you can use. I, I have done that to make little silly promo vids for my own little books and stuff using just the, my phone. So you could literally, if you can get a decent enough phone, make your own movie and then put it out if it reaches, you know, certain criteria lengths and blah, 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 and you find outlets. So almost anybody can make these now, which is, you know, good and bad, much like self-publishing. You're going to get a lot of crap and people just kind of putting out whatever without any any kind of real introspection or retrospection. They're just kind of dumping things out. Um, but you're also getting a lot of new voices and new stories and new ideas. But found footage is, is so powerful in that way because anyone can make it. And it can be made so inexpensively and so... I don't know, quickly, but like, you know, you can kind of do a quick turnaround. A brilliant example in, in, in these cases is the movie Leaving D.C., one of those. And it was, it was a weird one. That's why I still take chances on uh, movies I've never heard of or don't know what the heck they are. Because it was a movie I'd never even heard of. And I saw just a terrible image, and it was streaming on, I think, Amazon. And I watched the trailer, and I'm like, man, I'll give it a chance. I loved it. <clears throat> and it is exactly what is right about that kind of poverty row kind of uh, found footage filmmaking. And I don't mean that in a denigrating way. It's the idea that they didn't have to, as far as you can tell, invest a ton of money into this. It is just shy of a one-man show. Like, there's a couple other actors, I think, in it, at least one other one. 
and it's mainly on one person's shoulders. Um, so then it's, you know, just responsibility of the writing and how you film it and how you put it all together. And it holds together well as a uh, kind of a found footage film. Like, again, to really, really go back, so many of these these folks kind of lose sight of the fact that it's found. So if you are showing, you know, there shouldn't there unless unless you're going to say, oh well, this footage and I get too many, too few, too few movies. We'll go too few movies. Go to the effort of this was found by X Y Z, and this is being put out by A B C, blah blah blah, because they'll have movie scores, even if it's just sounds like whoa, like sounds soundscapes. Um, that's like that's not. That didn't happen. Like, I don't go around with in my day-to-day life with a soundtrack as much as I wish I did. Um, and then they'll have they'll have camera angles that don't fit what they're doing, or they'll have kind of the nonsense that one I watched today did this um, in the beginning of it, where it's like you're carrying a camp film, you know, a camera, and you're filming everything, and there's no reason to, but you're filming everything. And even when you're running and scared, you are filming everything. The wise movies find reasons like, well, they are still filming because of this reason, or this is why, or this. Like Blair Witch, she still was filming because, like as they they say to Heather, you're still making movies. She couldn't stop. Like, and it became a defense mechanism almost. Um, and I think when things got their worst, it was an, it was at that point kind of a we I want to, a record of what happens to us so they don't just think we're gone. Um, and so they don't just, and, and that, that happens in real life. You know, you'll, you'll hear of plane crashes or things, terrible incidents where people call their loved ones and just to say goodbye because they don't want to be forgotten and they want their last words heard. Um, so there's those kind of reasons. But so often these movies are just filming to film. Like, it's funny, my wife and I will watch these kind of ghost videos on YouTube and 99.999% of them are, are not even just good fakes, but bad fakes. We watched one the other day, and it's someone filming. And they're filming, and they film their hand, and the hand goes to the door, and they turn the doorknob, and then they go up, and they just happen to catch the sight of something, and then over, and then there's something else. It's, it's, it's a movie. It's people are making movies. Um, because that's not how you would, to me, logically, it's not how you shoot these things. Um, if I'm using it to see through, if I'm using it to like to, as a light, whatever, I'm like, I'm aiming it right where I'm looking. If I know where the door handle is, I don't need to look where the door handle is and turn the, like, film myself turning a knob. I'm looking straight ahead because I don't want something to get me. And it's base logic like that that is so often ignored in these movies. And that is such a damning thing. Because on one hand, these are terribly easy movies to make. Um, deceptively so, whereas, you know, you can add a ton of stuff, like, you know, Blair Witch, they spent, and you, when you, you look into the budget stuff, uh, 75000 no, was it, gosh, quarter of a million dollars? Like, a ton of money on uh, a soundscape that they reduced, and it was, the idea was, it was nature, you know, like bugs and, and birds and this and that and wind, and they reduced it so to nothing, because the witch, when the witch was, you know, when they're fully in the witch's grasp, you hear nothing, because you are in her world. 
so you can put a lot of work into it. And, it, and it's not even to say like, oh, well, these are just easy. You can knock these off in a weekend and you're going to have a big... No, it's not to say that at all. But it's to say that initially they can be very, very easy to make, quote unquote. Um, and even that stuff, like people mail it in. I watched one the other day and it had... And, and so many of these, they start out with good ideas. Um, and it was, you know, this this wife who is sleepwalking and they're trying to figure out why so they put cameras everywhere and again like there's ways to do so much of this now um in the last few years because you can get these security cameras so inexpensively and put them everywhere and you're always you can always be filming to you know to varying degrees and now we have again phones on us and cameras are smaller and everything else you can always kind of be filming you just have to have reason why like why are you still filming uh, why when something, you know, someone is mortally wounded and you're still filming them and you're not putting the, dropping this camera or whatever, um, why are you not helping them? But so they're filming everything and they're, they're kind of like trying to make a documentary to, to see, to, you know, to, um, get, find out why this is happening. And it turns out it's connected to alien, uh, an alien, uh, invasion and blah, blah, blah. So it's an interesting idea. And it just, it, trips over itself because it gets like they throw in needless bad uh like cg special effects and just some corny some corny terrible dialogue and that's one of the things too is you have to have that's why you you have those those kind of slim casts is you really want to make sure that everybody kind of can carry that weight um bobcat goldthwaite's um Bigfoot found footage movie. Um, oh my gosh, it's gonna come to me in a minute. Is tremendous, and it's funny because it it plays with the, your expectations and with the the type of movie that Blair Witch is and those kind of movies. Um, but it does so in a way that it takes it seriously. Like it has fun with it, but it never makes you feel as if he's mocking them. And it is uh, Willow Creek, and it's fantastic, and it's great because it's a couple, and they're out, and they're they're doing a documentary um, about Bigfoot. So they go out looking for Bigfoot, and it's all done with sound and and acting and tension, and there's so much done, and the ending is fantastic um, because of everything you've learned before. It's, it's a bummer that the movie Wreck, which is so wonderful, R-E-C, Wreck is in Record, it's a Spanish film um, that was remade over here as Quarantine. Uh, it's such, the first two are tremendous movies, but that was one of the first ones I can remember where someone, you know, is filming, and they fall, and they see the camera pointing at them, and then they're dragged into the darkness. And you see that so often still, and it's so lazy. Uh, I, and I, it just drives me crazy because it's such, it, it was effective then, but much like every ghost, it doesn't need to look like a long black haired, you know, woman or, or child with the open yawning black mouth and black eyes. Like, bah! like we've seen it in countless Asian films, you know, Japanese horror films. We're good. We're good. Like, let's do something new. Um, but it stinks because there's... So, I, as I started to say, kind of like the, the neat thing about found footage movies are that it's, it's just a tool. 
It is a way to tell a story. Um, so however you tell that story is up to you. You can tell, you know, we could shoot the same, the same subject for a film any number of ways. Um, it's really, it's, it's up to you. It's how you want to, to tell that story. You can, you know, you can tell the story of a, a family. You can make it a, a Western, a musical, a horror film, a comedy. It's a story about a family. Whatever you do with it, that's, that's you know, where you go from there. Found footage is just a way to tell these stories. Um, it can be a, a, and it's kind of a cheat because, again, it's very, you feel very immediate because you are in the film almost. But it is, it can, it can, so it cheats kind of a step or two where you're immediately engaged, immediately involved. Um, but in that cheat, there's a, there comes an expectation. It's like, okay, cool. So I'm in the movie. I'm, I'm invested. Show me something. And it puts more pressure on the filmmaker to show something like to make me feel as if I, I am, I'm here for a reason. Make me feel like you earned this. And and a lot of, I mean, most of them don't. Um, there are great ones out there. There are fantastic ones. Like I said, um, I, I should look up a, a list of just a partial list because it's great. And, and you know, we watched one yesterday, which was so close to good. It stinks. Um, called the resurrection or the, the resurrection, the possession of Michael King. Great idea. It is a, a father who is grieving the loss of his wife, and he's raising a young girl. And he, I, I, I guess he's a documentary filmmaker. From what you can tell, I guess. That's, that's what he is. Well, he decides that he is, he's an atheist. And he, after losing his wife, he's going to make a documentary proving that God does not exist, that nothing supernatural exists, blah, blah, blah. So he goes out and I just reviewed it. So I'm not trying to get too deep into the weeds here. But so he... He puts a, an ad out on the face on the Facebook on, on the internet and like, hey, prove to me that demons are real. Blah blah blah. Um, and, and you know, we go along the way there. Really interesting story. Like really interesting. Like there's some great moments in it. Like the ritual stuff is fantastic. Except again, so much stuff can be done in movies in general. But like where you can tell something with a few words, with, like, a, a, a moment, like, it doesn't even take a full scene, but he, we go zero to 60 real quick, where it's like, I want to be, I want to be possessed, and then he's already going to rituals to be possessed, like, it, to me, it seems like it'd be a little harder to find people that can legitimately introduce you to a demon, maybe it's not, maybe, maybe it's a common thing, and it happens all the time, I don't know, um, according to that movie, it's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So maybe, you know, what do I know? But it's really interesting, and then it, it just falls apart at the end. Um, there's a, it, it, it's another one, it's one of those movies where it has kind of a weird soundtrack, a soundscape, which it shouldn't. Had they presented the movie as, we, this, this is, you know, unedited, or this is, you know, this is footage that was not changed, this is, you know, blah, 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 or whatever, you know, however you want to do it, like, um, you, you can make a reason for that. Um, uh, and they didn't. And there's a moment that is corny as heck where he is filming himself and he's trying to like, go on, la, prove you're here, rawr. And he's filming himself and he's got all these cameras on him and then next to him is a giant screen TV for some reason. And then, rawr, the demon presents itself looking at like him. Like the image on the screen is him and it's like, all demony faced and kind of like rawr. 
and it's just so corny, and that's kind of where it goes with the movie. Like, there's some really cool stuff, and then there's some super corny stuff, and then it just, it just, it, they didn't trust, you know, kind of, they didn't trust, they, they don't trust the audience for sure, and I kind of get it, because audiences are very lazy and, and kind of crappy at times, where it's just like, man, I don't understand what happened, you know? Like, they all, everybody rushed out to see Blair Witch, but then years later, you know, and it made all this money. It was the biggest grossing uh, uh, indie movie at the time. Uh, and then, of course, everybody hated it because that's how people are. Well, I hate it. It's stupid. I get it. Whatever. So it's it's neat because, again, there's possession movies. There's ghost movies. There's um, alien movies. There's monster movies. Like, it's you can do whatever you want with that mockumentary faux documentary found footage you just kind of have to follow the tenets like if it is a faux documentary like you have to have the interviews and the kind of the research and this and that you have to have you have to present it as if it is a documentary you have to follow those basic guidelines um because there is a structure to, to documentaries even if it's it's kind of like there's it's a loose structure there's still a structure to them if it's a found footage okay great who found it because if it's like, oh, this person, and they were doing stuff, and blah, 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 and then, oh my gosh, terrible things happened, and they were dragged off into the darkness by a demon, and then the camera's left running. Who found the footage? How did it make it to anything? How did anyone find it? Like, who edited it? Like, there needs to be a story as to this is what this is. Like, you could make a completely, like, almost a one-take, as it were, found footage film. Um, where it's one camera, one take, you could do it, but then again, you have to like, who found it? Like there's, there's stories that you, or there's, there's questions that need to be answered. Um, it's just part of the, sorry, it's part of the, the deal with those, um, you know, a really cool, it's, and it's such a drag because what you find too on some of these, um, uh, Hell House LLC is so good, much like, um, Grave Encounters. So, so good. Both of them are great initial films, and they felt the need to follow them up. And uh, Grave Encounters 2 is awful, and Hell House LLC 2 and 3 are progressively worse and worse, and it stinks because the first one is so great. And the, the one movie I watched today, which was, uh, oh, God, that I hate watched, um, which was about a couple that were doing a documentary. And I love that anybody kind of is just like, I'm going to do a documentary. Like they just kind of get a camera and like are documenting things and they're making a documentary. I just, it's weird. It's a weird, it's weird how you go zero to, I'm making a documentary. I'm not just documenting. I'm documentarying. Um, but uh, they're, they're doing a documentary about the clown sightings of 2016 interesting idea like it's you know that's kind of been played out to to you know no end um but there's a there's a kernel like in most of these things there's a kernel it's a kernel of interesting there and so there's something to kind of mine but it's just it is listless and rambling and it, there's, it's, it says nothing it offers nothing there's no answers no resolution really um you know it's just it's frustrating but uh, Hell House LLC has a clown in it, a clown uh, prop, we'll say. 
and it shows how scary clowns can be. And again, you can get into like Art the Clown um, from, oh gosh, I forget the, I forget the movie he's from. But you know, there's movies, um, Haunt is another one where, where someone kind of dresses as a clown that's legitimately scary, not like um, Sid Haig kind of as a clown, but legitimately scary. So it's not even that clowns can, you know, they can be scary, but in these found footage things, um, it's, it's, it's can be, again, like the clown movie I watched today. Um, it's l super lazy. But Hell House LLC, it's, oh, it's so creepy and effective. So much of that movie just hits, and it's so good. It's same thing with Grave Encounters. So good. And then they, they shouldn't have done follow-ups. And they did. And, and, and unfortunately. Um, and, the, you know, and it's cool because foreign markets are, are have gotten into heavily, you know, found footage stuff. Like, there's some great foreign films like uh, Gunjum. Gunjum? I don't know how you pronounce it, but uh, it's a haunted hospital, like, move, or I think it's haunted hospital. That was really good. Um, there's another one about kind of a, a curse that's really, really well done and super creepy. Neroy. Neroy. So, oh, super well done. Super creepy. And it's great when people do it right. Um, and, and Neroy, both are kind of uh, the faux documentaries, really. Um, and they're just really, really effective and really well done. And that's, that's the thing, is when they're done right, they are super powerful. Uh, leaving DC still six, like I still think about it, and it's so minimalist. And I, but I still think about it. Um, same thing with uh, 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 Willow Creek, um, and you know certain movies and stuff. Uh, you know, they stick they stick with you um, because they're, because you are invested. And I watch so many found footage movies in general, and especially lately, and they're just so unmemorable. And that's you know that's 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 most movies. That's most um, you know just direct video horror and everything is it's hard to find that stuff. The you know, VHS, uh, 94, 84, like the newest VHS movie. It's really, really good. Um, and I like that those, it's an anthology, it's found footage anthology. Um, and they don't answer all of the questions, but since it's, it's short form anthology, you don't necessarily have to like who found it, who did that, who cares? You know, um, I, I don't feel compelled to have everything answered. I found uh, a full length feature. I, I do. Um, and there's, yes, there's, yeah, there's some really, there's really effective and really creepy, 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 creepy ones. Uh, Poughkeepsie Tapes is another one that's just, ooh, boy. <laughs> that is some, some dark, dark water there you're treading. Um, so I'll always love these movies. I just, I think it's, I think it's great that there's, on the surface, they seem so simple and so easy for anyone to get into and to try to make. But there's so much complexity involved. Um, you have to have an actor that just brings it and that buys in and brings it um, because so much rests on their shoulders because a lot of these movies, it's it's imagination. Again, that gets into the, the campfire aspect that I really love is that it's you are, you are presenting all of these things but not necessarily showing them all. And that's so great and powerful. Um, you know, you have to be... A, it's a lot of editing in these movies to, to make it make sense and make, you know, keep it tight and, uh, but yet keep it natural. Um, a lot of sound design, um, a lot of locations scouting. So you have the right locations, a lot of writing, um, or at least kind of like, um, the structure of a story. You know, there's a lot, a lot that goes into these that 
again, it, you, you just don't think about. Um, and uh, I think that, and, and they bring me back so much to um, my love of sitting around the proverbial or literal campfire and just telling these stories to scare one another. You know, it's it's great. It's great, great, great. Um, you know, and there's something about things like that. My my wife and I, and we keep talking about doing a podcast about about this stuff, but I don't know. We we um, she was doing an article once upon a time about a haunted hotel, purport, purportedly haunted hotel from you know near near where I live. Um, and we had gone through it. We did all this. Looked around. Blah blah. She didn't feel comfortable. I was I was. Uh, taking pictures, she is doing an audio recording, do her thing, we, we talked to the, the manager, and got a chance to look around the whole place, and blah, 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 on the way back to go see my, my family, we're listening to this recording, and you, we picked up another voice, she and I were alone, um, but we picked up another voice, and it's that kind of a thing where it's the, it's the, oh my gosh, did you hear that? Did you see that? That's why a movie um, like like Mungo is so powerful and sticks with you so much is because it plays on with that on two different levels. The idea of the, here's what's happening, and then like, but did you notice this? And then you're like, oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't see that. Because that is, that is horror. That is horror. That horror is, is looking at your your security camera footage or a photo and seeing something that you you know like and it looks like nothing has changed it looks exactly like you expect it to look and then you look closer or someone else sees like but wait what's that and then you see something that you didn't realize was there um you know the, the whole the old adage of no one likes a clown at midnight and it's it's been dumbed down i think from the the original kind of adage as it were um but the idea that clowns are great uh in their setting and in their place but standing in the middle of the road at midnight where they don't belong at a time where they shouldn't be there out of context they're horrific uh and that's kind of what makes horror horror are these non sequiturs and found footage man again say you take a hundred of them You'll get 18 to 20 that are real good and less than that that are great. But, man, when you find the really good ones, it is it is something else. It is something. There's a, a movie called, I think it's called Borderlands, which is another faux documentary, which is fantastic, um, about uh, a case, you know, in the, in the film of mass murder in this town. And it's the way it's presented. Um, whew, great stuff. Great, great stuff. There's a found footage zombie movie out there. Oh, gosh, I forget the name of it. The first one, and again, it's another one of those where the first one is great, and then they made a sequel, and it was like, oh, nah. <laughs> like, oh, never mind. Um, you know, and that's that's the problem, is a lot of these shouldn't be sequelized, as much as I love the Blair Witch kind of mythology. And I do love the Blair Witch, um, and, and kind of can appreciate Blair Witch, too. A lot of them just should be what they are, and they just people can't help themselves because of money. But you know, whether you love them or hate them, um, found footage is, is a great tool. It's a story storytelling tool. It's a filmmaking tool, and much like everything else, we should look at it that way. Much you know, kind of like 
um, these the quick cut actiony kind of horror comedies of the '90s, and you know, like the 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 kind of almost overwritten kind of '90s slasher kind of movies, which I love more than I should. But um, it's everything. It's, it's all kind of tools in the toolbox, and it's how you do things. Um, you know, there's 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 ways to do stuff, and, and I really like that kind of way. Uh, they don't all work, obviously, but for whatever reason, I keep going back to that well, you know, hooked on it, kind of uh, like an addict, just trying to get that that one good one again. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna try again tonight. I, I found one that I saw someone online uh, rave about, so I'm gonna give it a chance. You know, we're gonna give it a try. Um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, you know, it's it's again, and, and part of it's maybe to wrap it up. Part of my love of them and, and is, is the excitement of finding just these ones that I've never heard of or don't know what they are because there's, there's so many movies out anymore. You don't really hear of anything but like kind of the, the bigger titles or the the ones that kind of really get noticed. And it reminds me of the days of going down uh, the video store aisle and finding those gems that you, you know, as a kid, I didn't really know what stuff was per se. Um, so finding them and just being like, ooh, like when we saw wreck boy oh boy it blew our minds uh those first two movies the third and fourth aren't so great but like man that just blew our minds like those were something else kind of like you know when i first saw the first two uh japanese juan films the the made for tv ones you know when they my friend had gotten a bootlegs of them and they're just you, know, you haven't seen anything like that and you're just like oh why is that little boy crawling around and all creepy and the ladies meowing and what's happening like oh it's just neat it's neat when you that happens and uh and i hope you have more times in your your movie watching life friend that surprise you and that kind of get you that way and it's like oh give you kind of a chill um, my name is chris ringler this is the spooky chris podcast you can find out more about me and my podcasts, my blogs, my reviews, my many, many books. I've, I've written about over 20 books. Um, and they're all, there's links to all of them on my website, spookychris.com. You can find everything there. I hope you are well and safe. I hope you have a wonderful Valentine's. So by the time you hear this, if you hear this, it'll be passed. I hope you had a good Valentine's, whatever it meant to you. Um, and I hope whatever footage you find is terrifying. Bye. Oh, my God.